Welcome to Conversations with Jackie and Bobby. I'm Jackie Angel, one of your hosts, and today we're joined by our friend, Father Geronimo Espinosa, who is a recent friend because yes. you're studying at University of Dallas. Or are you done now? I was, yes. I've done like for a week and a half. I'm done with my oh. master's, yes. Awesome. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so a, a recent friend um, all the way from Colombia. Not Colombia, Colombia. Now with a U, yes. Now with a, okay, yes, yeah, sorry. I, I one yeah. time wrote that Don't incorrectly. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, Colombia. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, tell people who you are, why are you here? And yeah, I just, we want to hear your story. Okay, so yeah, um, Geronimo, Jerónimo, actually in, in, in Espanol. Uh, I'm from Colombia, the first country in South America, uh, which is okay. beautiful. Mm. And I came here to America in 2021, January 2021. My bishop sent me uh, to study more, um, and then we decided to look for different universities, and then we found University of, of Dallas. Um, that is an awesome university. Uh, I actually looked for Ave Maria and Steubenville, all of those uh, amazing universities. At the end, I choose this particular university so I can study my master's in pastoral ministry, youth concentration. Oh, wow. Uh, I've been doing youth minister, ministry since, I don't know, I was 15 or 16 or something. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Um, then I wanted to learn more and more so we can give, uh, we can minister more and better our teens, our young adults, our children also. And then that's why I came here. I study. I even started uh, fall 2020 during the pandemic. I was online. I was still living in Colombia. Actually, I was living with the bishop in his house during pandemic. So it was a beautiful time of just being with him, praying with him, study with him, everything with him for six months. You know, yeah. pandemic. No one could go out for nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy times. Uh, not anymore. Um, and then, yes, I came here and, and I was here uh, two years almost. Yeah, I'll, I'll be heading back to Colombia at, at mid-January of next year. Uh, and that's why I was here and helping also uh, our church here in Dallas. Awesome. Okay, hold on. There's something jingling. Yes, is that my rosary. <laughs> like, what is jingling? My rosary. I just are, yeah, Don't Petro worry. might be like, there's a sound coming. Hey, just put it on the table right by it. You can put it right in front of you. Yeah. I never live without this. Yeah, that's great. It's beautiful. It was just, it was like, you have like jingle bells or something. Jingle bell, jingle bell. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay. So, okay, awesome. So you came here. You love it, obviously. Yeah. Yes, I love it. It's like bittersweet, to be honest. Right, right. right. Like, because... I always like like American way of doing things, but the church is so alive here that even people in America don't realize that uh, the way of doing ministry, uh, formation, methods, everything that we they do here, we do here. So it's amazing. And I'm going back. It's bittersweet because I love to go back, but the things that I built here, the yeah. community, the friends, uh, it's been amazing. It's, there, it's, it's like a gift of God. And and I needed it to be here yeah. to be healed. So, but you'll be back. Just, you'll be back every once oh, in a while. Oh yes, once in a while. Yes, kind of like it's not a long flight, like, right? No, it's, it's straight, straight. Direct flight is five hours huh. from Bogota. Um, and yeah, I know I'll be here. I have already a, a tight schedule for for the next uh, semester, at least. Uh, all the weekends of February, I'll be here. Not in See? not in Dallas, but at least in the U.S. Right. Preaching retreats and all that stuff. Awesome. So yeah, it's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, I think people in the in the states don't realize. Yeah, how fortunate we are to have ministry. Like I realize I could not do what I do, which is like full time traveling, speaking, 
leading worship sometimes. I could not do that in any other country in the world at all. At all. I could not be a full-time, unless I were a missionary, you know, like if I were a missionary with net or, you know, just different things, but I could not do that in any other country. And I've gone to Europe and people are like, wait, you do that for your like job? And I'm like, yeah, like it's just, people don't realize that it's a very special. And there's tons of people that want to do that, but they don't know that they can have a livelihood Right. Through ministry. Yeah. And I think that's amazing in here. And that's one of the things that I want to go back to do is to help more lay people like you um, to do ministry right. a, a, as a livelihood and, and get your income out of of this job that, that people love to do. And really, you're being supported by the church, essentially, because that's what St. Paul, I mean, that's what all the apostles, when they traveled around, that's who supported them, was people would tithe and support the people who traveled and preached the gospel. Definitely. So, uh, yes. It's like, uh, that's where I'm, I, I'm being supported by parishioners, essentially. Anytime I go anywhere, it's the people who are help bringing me in to do that. And without that support, the ministry will not be as good as it is today because then you'll have time for formation, time to travel, time mm-hmm. to do a lot of things that we as, as priests cannot do um, because our job more than anything is to preach the word of God, but through the homilies, uh, but also the sacraments. Right. And, and we're supposed to do that. And then the rest is, is the lay ministry. And, and that's why the church at the beginning was thriving because it was a lot of lay people just, just preaching the world and, and moving, uh, yes, all over the world. And preaching. using all the gifts of the body of Christ. Like we're, I give talks sometimes, like they're like hour long talks on first Corinthians chapter 12, which is going through the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the charisms, is like we, we all in the body of Christ have different charisms and we they're all needed. So we need the people who are in youth ministry, who are youth ministers. You need the people who are children's ministry, who do formation. You need the business, you need the business person to be a disciple of Jesus because whoever runs the money of a church is super important. Super important. And if they're not a disciple, you know, things back. Bad things will happen, whether it's a, whether it's like embezzling money or just being a, not a good steward of. My, so we need people who are disciples to use their gifts. And I just there's a one speaker I love, and her name's Christine Kane, and she says, if your job is to sweep the floors, and that's like the it's like then awesome, because I'm sure you know in youth ministry, and Bobby and I know doing youth ministry, sometimes it's stacking the chairs, you know, like you literally got the uh, the Ghostbusters, you know, vacuum backpack on, and you're vacuuming floors. Like that's what it looks like sometimes in ministry. You're serving, you're serving people, and in all capacities, because all capacities. Like yeah. I say, there's there's a lot. of of lay people that preach even better than me or any priest, and they need to keep doing that, to keep preaching. But there's yeah. abilities that, that lay people have, and they need to put them in service to the church, and I think that's awesome. But that's you cannot do that without someone supporting you with the money, you know, because we need money. We need money to do things, to help people, um, and I think that's essential. And in here is, is a richness uh, that the American church has, uh, and I think we need to to share this message to the rest of the world. To be honest, right? That's why we're thriving more than any other um, like church in the U.S. and also in different parts of of the world because of that, because of of good ministry and of course doing a good administration of the money and the resources. Uh, without that, it's also impossible to do a good job. Right. So you're trying. You want to go back to Colombia and empower the people, teaching them good, like ways of doing ministry that maybe they've never even 
realized. Then yes, like in that sense that we are so behind in a lot of things. Just because of that, it's it's a lack of knowledge. Not because they don't want to know, it's because right. there no one is offering them. So right. what I've learned here, I want to take back. So for example, we're gonna have our first youth conference in in March of next year. Awesome. Yes, maybe want I take you and your husband sure. one we'll time. Do it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yes, like formation, I think is essential for them yeah. because we need to ignite again our church. The Holy Spirit wants to have the church again, and that starts when you have you know rekindle in us the gift of the Holy Spirit and all of us because of our baptism we have the Holy Spirit and is there like sleeping and we need to reignite that flame and right. I think that ministry is essential to that yeah I was just reading uh, I think it's First Timothy or Second Timothy you're not given a spirit of cowardice but a spirit of power and self-control and whatever else it's in there <laughs> amen sister I agree with that but you need someone uh, to ignite that yeah. fire and igniting is also giving you a platform to do that like you know like This is this is how you're gonna do it. I'm gonna help you with this. You're so, giving them tools because sometimes you never know. I agree. Yeah, sometimes it's just you don't know that there's a way of doing things that like, oh, this could work. And sometimes it it has to be tweaked, obviously, for different cultures, for different churches, for different areas. Um, and so that's the beauty of it is it's kind of general principles that you can tweak depending on where you are. Yes, and, and I agree that that we need to do more because. We're used to, at least in different parts out here, we're used to that the ministry is just a priest, but there's we cannot do everything. Right. So we need we need to encourage lay people to keep going, to keep going, to do more for our church. And our job is to do that. At the end, that's Vatican too. Is is giving the church to the lay people back again, of course, being orthodox and and solid ground and solid formation, right. solid um, doctrine, but. With all of that, like, this is your church. The priest can't do everything. Yes. And we're just yeah. waiting for them. Yeah. And I remember one conference, one Sikh conference a couple of years ago, and a priest stood up and said, okay, I'm going to say something. It's not going to be popular, but guys, you do not need the permission of the bishop and of the, your parish priest to start doing a lot of beautiful things for the church. You can do your prayer groups. You can do a lot of things without asking permission. You can do Bible study. Yes, do, yeah. just start doing them. You We, can go around on the the block and just tell people about Jesus. <laughs> yes, you, you don't have to wait for us right. because we are busy sometimes. Yeah. And also your witness will ignite, again, the flame of a lot of priests that are suffering. And, mm -hmm. and of course, because we are in the post-COVID era, uh, we still have wounds of, of, of that time. And we need to reignite that fire and... and And the priest too, I think. Yeah. I remember reading about an Indian priest who his his congregation went from like 800, 8,000, like 80,000, or like just his area. He was like in charge of this like region. I mean, he was a bishop. I'm trying to remember. But he's like, it's all the lay people. He's like, I'm giving the sacraments, but they're doing everything else. They're literally starting Bible studies. And from their Bible study, they're growing so much, they have to start another one. And they start because people are so hungry. He's like, but I'm not, he's like, it's the lay people. <laughs> So I thought that was so cool that it was just multiplying. And that and that's we were learning like spiritual multiplication. Like how do you grow Bible studies? How do you and some people do that really well. Some organizations know how to do that well. Focus, that's the whole point of focus, is spiritual multiplication. And they do that on college campuses. And um, so yeah, I think it's it's so good that people need to know like priests are here to give the sacraments, they can't do everything. That's why you need the body, we need the whole body of Christ. To do this, I remember when I was when I was in formation, and of course when you're in formation, you're you're nothing. You're not a priest, but you're not like a lay person, normal <laughs> one. You're in the middle of you know, and it's like, and I was like, 
I, I want to preach. I want to go out. I'm not a priest yet, but I'm a lay person and I need to be empowered. And I was like, and I'd always dream when I am a priest, I will work so hard with and for the lay people because I had a fire on me. Mm-hmm. And way, way before I started seminary, I had a fire on me and I wanted to to give it to the church, you know? Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of people that have that fire, but they don't know what to do with that. So I said, now that I'm a priest, like, hey, now I'm going to work with them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to equip them. So when I, for example, I share this with, with the youth ministers in Colombia, I say, okay, this is my proposal. I say, what? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to get paid for this? I've been doing this for, for ages as a volunteer. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So it's amazing because they're happy. Uh, and, and, and when you're happy, when you do your job, it's not a job. At the end, it's something that fills your heart. Right. And that's where you just keep going, keep going. And, and that's how the, the church thrives. Yeah. So I want to ask you, did you grow up Catholic? Your family's Catholic? I just met your twin brother who they, they tricked me and I was duped and I really thought it was you. You were hiding and yep. uh, I was duped. I didn't know you had a twin brother. Um, so awesome. Great job. Great <laughs> prank. Uh, <laughs> but okay. So were you raised Catholic? Have you always been on fire or did you have a point in your life where like that fire ignited? No, I, to, to be honest, I grew up Catholic Mm-hmm. Uh, in Colombia or in South America, most of, of us are Catholics. 99% of us are Catholics. We're all, all of us are baptized. Not all of us are like on fire. To be honest, I was always on fire, not because of me, but because of my parents. So my mom was always super Catholic, like mass every day and everything. My dad was grew up being Catholic, but then because of some trouble in their in his family, he grew up like hating the church, even though he was baptized and everything. He got converted because of my mom. Uh, my mom said, "You know what? Like I love you, but if you're not Catholic, we're not getting mar- get married." Good for and, her. And he yeah. and he went to chapel and he said he kneeled. And he said, "You know what? I don't know you. I, I've been taught uh, by the people to hate you." But, but the, the girl that I love, she says that you're awesome. So I'm going to give you opportunity. And he opened his heart and God took him. Uh, he's the most amazing guy. I learned to pray because of him. I rem- my mind is full of memories of him kneeling, praying the rosary. He loves pray, pray, pray of, he loves praying uh, intercession. He loves to pray by intercession and he always got sick. He never went to the hospital. He was like, I want my kids to pray over me. Aww. That's his faith. <laughs> So we grew up like that. Any particular saint? To him, guys, no, no. I think that we grew up with uh, Saint Charbel, the the Maronite. Oh, we did. Okay. Yes, uh, and, and of course, and who follows us around, by the way. Yes. We we named our our first baby that we miscarried is Saint is Charbel. We call him Charlie. I love him because he yeah. was born the the day that we were born. Really? Yes. We celebrate the saints when the day they die, so that they 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 are born to yeah. new life. But he he was uh, he was born May the eighth, so we were very close to him, and he's been helping us in, in like in our you and your, your twin. Faith. Yes, when I, yes, when I'm you always girls doing, were born. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm always we're, we're always two, always. That's a good thing. Even though he's not, a but priest. but your brother's not a priest. Even though he's not a priest, there's one of each, ladies. Yeah, so I'm just saying. You're if, pure. If you <laughs> Wait, is your brother married? No, he's not. If you see me in the street and I have no color, I don't say hi. It's not me. <laughs> People is like, why are you so rude? Like, why? I saw you the other day and you didn't say hi. Like, no, girl, that's not me. That's no, my. Girl. That's that's that my, was my brother. Yes, that's he's my single. Okay. Yeah, he's, okay. I'm sure many girls would wish every time they see like a lovely priest, like I wish he had a twin brother. But, well, in this case, ladies, <laughs> he's, he's single, but he's gonna be a lay consecrated. 
He's, really? Yes, you already discerned and he's walking oh with us. Okay, never mind. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I just gave him all this hope. Pray for him yeah. and for me, for everyone. <laughs> oh my gosh. So your dad had no clue and your mom had, they had no clue they were going to have. Wait, how many siblings do you have? So just two, my brother and then my my, my sister, okay. she's two more. She's, she's, yeah, two years and a half. And she has, she used to be married, um, to be honest. Um, she has three amazing kids, which we love and adore. They are the best. So we all grew up super Catholic because yeah. it was mass every single Sunday. My mom tricked us, tricked us when we were kids. So it's like Sunday or not even Sunday, but Saturdays. Like, oh, I'm going to mass. And after mass, we're going to have uh, lunch, a lunch in a restaurant. Do you want to go lunch to a restaurant? You have to come to mass because I'm not coming back. So no, we're going to mass. I should tell them my, if, I, if my kids would go to like a Saturday daily mass, like right, Bobby, they'd go. If we were like, we're going to go to IHOP or Cracker Barrel. What, some of our well, kids she, love Cracker Barrel. Some like IHOP. We're going to go to IHOP. You have to go to daily mass. Okay. Was, there was there's a restaurant yeah. in Columbus called Crepes and Waffles. It's amazing. Crepes and Waffles. Crepes, <laughs> crepes so, and no, crepes. Crepes. Yeah, the French. French. Yeah. Crepes and waffles. So we went there always or after or before mass. Yeah. So, yeah, she did a very good job doing all that. Yeah. And then we grew up. And of course, to be to be like clear in this way is that my mom, she had two uh, uncles. Those two were priests. Really? Yes. Wow. So we, we are like a whole it's just a family business yeah. of the priesthood <laughs> yeah. and everything. So when when you grew up with Jesus everywhere, everywhere, but not in a bad way. I need to take notes from your mom. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, bribe them with honest. food afterwards. <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> So when you grew up with that, at the end, yeah. you, you won that. So I grew right. up with farms. My, my dad is in the cattle, cattle business. Oh, and really? then okay. Jesus. Yeah. And I end up doing both. Okay. I ended up uh, studying animal husbandry five years and I lived in really? Europe. Yes. And oh. after that, I entered seminary. So I, okay. I changed from, from, you know, the sheep, the normal sheep so to when, the sheep oh, there of, you go. Of, of the people of God. <laughs> so Becoming a shepherd, from a shepherd to the shepherd. Yeah, yes, shepherd. that's right. So it's amazing. And I grew up super Catholic. And we, my, tw my twin and I, we grew up wanting to be a priest. There's, there's, there's um, a picture, not a picture, a drawing when I was mm -hmm. in Curtin Garden of me drawing myself uh, in, in, in the church. Pink, my album was pink. Who knew that I knew that was Gaudete on Letare Sunday? No one knows that when you're a five-year-old. Right. And I say, I want to be a priest. My mom, frame it. And my ordination day, she showed it to everyone. Oh. And it was there. And then my grandma uh, made us uh, all the vestments. And then also oh. uh, a community of, of nuns. They knew, we helped them. Yeah. Uh, and then they knew that we were playing that. And they did everything, Jackie, everything. Ob, single, um, the, the cord, uh, the chasuble, everything. The nuns. The did. nuns. And we have them. I still have them. It's like a mini priest, everything. And the Wait, fun, they did that for you when you were a little boy? Yeah. When or we when, were, when you were dating? No, when we were seven years old. Oh my God. And we used to play to Saray Mass, my twin brother and I, yeah. with grapes you, <laughs> right. and then uh, crackers. Right. And then of course. in the back of the pictures is my whole family, 16 <laughs> cousins, uncles, aunts, my grandma. We we're preaching. We we're even we we're having communion. And because we were... To be honest, we had hair back in the day and we were blonde. So it was not very common in Colombia. And we were twins. We were 
in a lot of TV uh, commercials. Are and you things. serious? I am serious. <laughs> so, and they give us a lot of money for, because of that. Can we please find like old footage of uh, this? Yes, I have, I have those. Our first, our editor. And then we start buying the, the chalice, the seaworium, everything. Like for real? Without, yeah, we, we still have them. You said with that, like with that money, is that yes, what you're saying? And the then one day, you're mom, like, I will have a real. <laughs> we said, mom, you know what? We want a mansions. And she was like, are you crazy? That thing is a lot of money. And I said, mom, we don't care. That's our money. Oh. <laughs> she went and she bought a mansions. Oh my, do us. you use it now? Now that, yes, we, I re, like we clean it and just clean it and beautiful. And now we use it. It's already blessed and everything. And we use it back in Colombia. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's, wow. it's a beautiful story of, of trusting in God. But of course, everything looks beautiful, but there's a lot of pain and, and suffering through the whole formation. Well, um, so you've known since you were five that you want to be a priest. Uh, yes. Even though when I was growing up, I was a teenager, like, yes, God, I'm, I know you're calling me, but... Uh, but I like girls, so I don't know if right, I, which if, should be the is a common thing. Like when you're you're, hu- you're a human being, what, but you when you're growing up, no <laughs> one tells you that, right? So right. it's like, oh, but I like girls, so I'm not supposed to go to to, to, to seminary. Like my mom was like, no, no, no. One time I said, mom, you know what? I want to be a priest. Yeah, why? Because priests don't study. <laughs> of course, she was yeah, just right. laughing. <laughs> it's the opposite. Come on, I'm 33 and I'm being non-stop. You're still in school. Yeah, I'm yeah. still in school. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's. That's well, and sometimes bit. when Bobby and I have friends who they, they've known they want to be priests since they were five, and sometimes the pressure, or even for guys who are in seminary, you're, they're discerning their, their vocation and the pressure to be a priest. It's like, dude, no, they have like seven years of discerning and formation, and they may not be called. Sometimes people put a lot of pressure on seminarians. So was there pressure on you or you were like, you didn't care because you kind of knew? It, it was no pressure because I was intelligent, not because of me. My mom, because of my brother, a whole story for another episode, <laughs> we found, they found a, a spiritual director for me when okay. I was in eighth grade. Okay. And he accompanied me for almost 11 years, Opus Dei, an amazing wow. priest. Uh, and then he, when I shared, when I disclosed what was in my heart, he said, okay, but you're going to be you're not going to share this with everyone right? because we don't want pressure Good. more Good. than the pressure that you already have because of this. Right. My mom knew, my family knew, but they never pressured me. They were saying, you can be a holy person without being a priest. You, God will not be disappointed. Do not feel pressure. I never felt pressure because of that. And my, my closest friends, uh, now one of them is ordained, is also mm-hmm. a priest. Uh, we shared that information and we were so helpful praying and never putting pressure on the other one. Awesome. I've seen pressure in, in a lot of seminaries and I know what that pressure can make them uh, do things they're not, you're not supposed to do because of the pressure. So I get them. So right. in that sense, I know that God protected me in that way. Okay. So it, my process was very smooth at the beginning because of that. And when I entered seminary, I'm saying that How I was- How old were you, by the way? When 25, you because I, I finished oh, okay. animal husbandry. I, I went to Germany and Austria. I lived there. And when I came back- I, they offer me a lot of money. Specifically sheep or cattle? No, what? cattle. Yes, cattle. cattle. Yeah, okay. I love people okay. love cats and and Well, you're in and, Texas. And you're in the right place. And here. I love cows. The best animal are cats. <laughs> wait, 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 to like to eat or both milk? Okay, for milk. <laughs> for milk to eat to pet to everything. I love like I. My love mom them. was raised on a cow farm, a dairy oh. farm in, in Wisconsin. 
Yeah. And so they, she always had a hard time. They had like 10 brothers and sisters. She had 10 brothers and sisters when they got very close to one of the animals. And then you'd have to eat it. You're like, oh, there's the chicken on the table. <laughs> That's my chicken. That's Peter. But you don't get, you're like, ah, no. I love them I, I, and I, all. I could love Lolita, <laughs> but I could eat Lolita without a problem. And I still do. Remember that? That was the first, when you start in the university and everything. Yeah. They, they teach you about that, the yeah. attachment and everything. They teach you not to give them names because of that. So Lolita. Yeah, so no, there's don't. a lot of people that don't need their Lolitas because of that. And yeah, I, yeah. I say, come on, I know that, so I'm not. The Lord giveth these beautiful animals, and yes. they taste very good. And we love them, and we'll pet them and talk to them. And on, I move with them. And, and we're and in I, Texas, so yeah, it's amazing. Texas, the barbecue yeah. here is amazing. It is. I'm going to miss barbecue here. Yeah. So... But you must have good meat in Colombia. Yes, it's good. It's really good. But in here, I don't know. This is like the state of the art wow. of, of meat. Yeah. I've been a couple of barbecues. Uh, they're good. Yeah, they're really good. I um, love barbecue. It's yeah. my, one of my favorite foods. Yeah. Yeah. So I studied that. And yeah. when I was finishing there, they offered me a job, like the job. Like, come on, you're going to take care of this. This is going to give you money. And now my life was like covered. You know, yeah. it's a dream. You come from South America and then you have everything in Europe. And they say, no, I'm going back. And my boss was like, what? And then he said, oh, yes, I remember that we're Catholic. He's Catholic. We never, he never goes to Mass. But he said, okay, okay if that's your dream, go back. Yeah. And, I, and I went back and I talked to my bishop saying, hey, you know what? Like, I've been hiding this for a long time. And I want to be like, I know that God is calling me. And I am, I know I can say yes in this moment. I'm free, uh, to be honest. Two things I'm saying a lot, to be honest. To Pietro, be honest, help me. TBH, to uh, be honest. <laughs> the, the two books that went out that year, well, only one book went out that year, was My Brother the Pope, but by the, by the, the brother of, of Pope Benedict, that time Benedict was still the, the Pope. I read that book and, he, and I said, if he made it, I can make it. Because my superhero, a lot of you guys... you're like, is, my brother is going to write a book one day. <laughs> yeah, sure. My brother. Though. Simon, <laughs> Simon, you know all my stories, so you're going to start writing right away. He's, he's like, ooh, book deal. <laughs> Take notes right now. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it with Ascension Press or something yeah. like that. <laughs> my brother, Father Geronimo. Father Geronimo. That one. And also, uh, Come Be My Light of Mother Teresa. Okay. Those two help me to decide. Say, okay, you know what, Laura? I know you're calling me. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. I don't know how. But I know that you're calling me to the priesthood specifically to work with the youth. Because that's been your passion oh, since you were a since, teenager. Yeah. Since I was a teenager. Too. I remember going back to, to my house from school in the bus and just all the things around me and asking questions about God. You did to yes. them? Yes. And, and the bus driver was like, why are we talking about God? <laughs> and everyone was talking to me and me yeah. answering questions like, you have a gift. And I just wanted to give that gift to the church and, and, and I wanted to give it to the youth because of course there's, there's a lot of things in the church, but the youth ministry is difficult. They are difficult because we want them to be in a different place, but they're not there. The yeah. development and everything is different. So I wanted, that's my passion. So, and that's why I also studied my masters. Um, so I can give them, so I can break the bread. Uh, so we can break the, the, the word of God to them in, in a better way, in a different way, so they can get connected also. Yeah. And yes, that's why I, when I came back, I said to my bishop, you know what? Like, let's do it. And that's why my formation was super sweet genetics. It was like unique because of that. So I, I, I move all over. I like how you just used that in a sentence. It was sui generis. Just sui generis. <laughs> this Latin word, you know, unique. 
It's unique. I like you just slipped that in that's, there. That's that the only no biggie. Latin word that I know, sentence. to be honest. First, I was like, it was sui generis. Oh, I know sui that. Sui generis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love when, when Americans try to uh, talk in, in, in Greek or in Latin. I'm suffering. It's like, no, that's not the way you do it, but it's okay. Paternoster twist is like, oh my gosh. But okay, <laughs> keep trying. You're doing a good job. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> Did you? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I was uh, at your church growing up. Did they have anything for youth ministry? No. For the youth, no. We serve. We were altar servers. Okay. A couple of years, but nothing. Nothing. We our faith like was. Did you ignite. get confirmed young? Yes, like, even like third we, grade, first communion, even younger. We were six. Okay. Formation apart from school. We're in a Catholic school, but did we did it uh, before that with my, of course, my twin brother and my cousin. And, uh, and a priest who's super uh, friend of, of our family and my uncle. Okay. Also baptism, same way, and confirmation uh, a year earlier. than we, we do it always in 10th grade. In Colombia, which is, I love it, uh, it's a theological discussion uh, of, of, of the age and everything. We do it in 10th grade. <laughs> oh, you do, because we do that here. Yeah. Di- different states have different different. Yes, dioceses. it's different. Yeah. It's and different. here our diocese is, is, is eighth. In w- Dallas. In Dallas, which I don't, if you ask me, it's not... I mean, I'm from Orange County Diocese in California, and we do it in 10th grade. Yeah, because you're What's older, good? you have you have more. You and can, you can keep, in high school ministry, it's different than middle school ministry. You can do a lot of other things, and then they want to stay because the ministry is so, they can have chances to fall in love with Jesus. And if you're in a Catholic school so. here, then you're 8th grade, then you go to ninth grade in high school, different school. So what you, like the community you build, it's gone. I can see, you know, because some people do it in third grade. Some people yeah, do it. Yeah, and it's fine. We did it earlier in Colombia because in 10th grade, we did it in ninth because we already knew our, our theology, but we did all the whole process and everything. It was amazing. And actually, the bishop who confirmed me is the bishop who ordained me. Really? Oh, so it's, it, it's awesome. amazing. Yeah. It was also in December and it was maybe 10 years apart or something like that. So it was amazing. The, the two gifts of the Holy Spirit given by the same bishop. It oh. was also a beautiful story. So where did you go to seminary? Was it in Colombia? Yes, in Colombia. So again, sweet genetics. So first two <laughs> years of formation. Uh, That's going to be the title of this episode, yeah. sweet generous. Sweet generous. <laughs> Father Jerry, the sweet generous. Sorry, Geronimo. Jerry is my family here in the U.S. Call me Jerry. It's easy. They do? Yes, oh Father Jerry. Oh my gosh. Okay. So two years of formation of, yeah. of philosophy was, I was living in Bogota in a house of formation, discerning. I went to a pontifical university in Colombia. Uh, I went back and forth and do my, my ministry and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So those two years. Then when I moved um, to the theology, here in America, you do always two or three years of philosophy. Th- then you change to seminary Mo- most of the time. They that's, ma- like a major seminary. Yeah, yeah. major seminary. <laughs> in Colombia, you always do everything in the same uh, okay. seminary. But then they took me to a different city, city Cali, not California. I don't get confused. Okay. And I was there, and I was there for theology. Okay. So I was there in theology. I studied two years of theology, year one, year two of theology in that seminary. Year three, I went out from the seminary, and I started living in a parish, but I did theology three. Then because of God and his ways of doing things, I got moved again to, uh, to the capital, which now, I don't know if it was a good decision or not, but God acts through everything. That's, right. I love that of, of, of Paul. Everything God works. works for good for yes. those who love him. Do yeah. Loves, yeah. And he knows that I love him. So I got moved. I was obedient. I was yeah. through information. That was the biggest fight with my bishop. It's like, you're not being obedient. You're not being obedient. 
to be you, honest, he said that to yes, you. Yes, to me. And I always said... Hopefully you're not, you weren't saying that to him. <laughs> no, and I said... Bishop, you're not being obedient. And I said to him, I, I'm always being obedient. I, I complain a lot. <laughs> I, I talk to him. I say, I'm not, I, I don't agree. But I, always, I was always obedient. So I say, what do you want? Do you want honesty? <laughs> or you do want like the rest? They're like, yes, yes, Bishop, yes. And at the end, they don't do nothing that they say yes. So I said, I'm not. It's like I, I in, the, in the Bible. Yes. And I said, I, I do not yeah. agree with your decision. I think this is not good, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, I do it anyway. So I'd rather I, have a kid who says, mom, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. Instead of I'll do it. And then they don't do it. Right. That's like the and in gospel. our church sometimes like, oh, we're happy because they're being obedient. And at the end, it's just being obedient in like a facade. And inside their heart is in a different place. Right. So that honesty, I don't know if it was good or bad, but at the end. I got moved. You were honest and obedient. And How I was about obedient, yeah. And to actually, be honest, yes, TBH. To that could honest. be the other title. The, TBH. <laughs> Father Geronimo, TBH. TBH. Okay. To be honest, so uh, <laughs> the archbishop that I was with, he said, do not go. So there was the temptation. Do not go. You're ready. I will ordain you a deacon right away. There were the two spot. bishops in your diocese? So, no. I was, I was studying in, the, in, in one archdiocese. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. From the, of, for my diocese. Gotcha. So that archbishop said, oh, you're going to a different place? Like, no, stay here. I know, or then you right away. You are ready. So I said, do not say that. Please do not say that because I need to be obedient. No, you, please stay. So I said, I said, no, I went back. A whole mess, a whole story. I cried. They kicked me out of seminary. This is the first time I've been saying it. What'd you loud. do? What'd you do, Father? Uh, I follow the Jesus. I follow Jesus. <laughs> and I did ministry, a lot of ministry uh-huh. for the youth. And that got me in trouble. Really? Yep. Okay. So I got kicked out of the seminary. Of course, because I'm always responding, saying, no, I don't agree. And the rest of them were saying, hey, you know what? Like, yes, it's beautiful. At the end, they didn't do anything. Um, and yeah, it got me into trouble, a lot of trouble. They kicked me out. Um, and yes, my, my, my floor, they took my floor out. And it was a time of, of yeah, kind of depression. Uh, I was almost dying and everything in that sense, you know. I never complained to God. I was, I was, felt so much peace in my heart. Uh, I only woke up for Mass, for Holy Hour, and Rosary for the Blessed Sacrament. And then came back to bed for months. Just that. I, I always, like, I knew that uh, he loved me and I loved him. And I was just waiting for him to, to fix things. Right. And so what happened? So he fixed things. Like how long? How long? Oh, I was. Later? Well, like to a be year honest, later. Yeah, like fixed completely. I, more than a year later, but the um, like a moment there was like healing part. Like it was three months later um, that he said, "You know what? Like this is nonsense." My bishop said, "I I I put you over there, wishing this and this. And that's gonna happen." Like I've been in love with the church and the love of ministry of the youth. And I've been asking a lot of bishops to do the same thing and they're not doing it. I'm a, I'm a bishop, so I'm going to do it all by myself. Your bishop said yes. that? Yes. Okay. So you know what? Let's just, let's start a community. We have a lot of young people. We have a lot of lay people. We're going to, and let's, let's, let's do it. Let's start it. We're going to start building up and that pandemic hit. So it helped us meeting every single, I don't know if it was daily or at least once a week. For six months, praying, preparing, writing, uh, kind of law and all that stuff. Of, of wow. We've been working with this for this for a long time. So let's do yeah. it. 
And then I went back to the, to Cali and the Archbishop, he said, I know you're here. I know you're wounded, but I need to tell you that next time you need to speak your mind. Was this your bishop or the bishop? No, that... the Archbishop who said, I'm going to ordain you right away. Oh, okay. And he said, you know, we're in a mess now. I, I believe that we're going to have a solution. I don't know how, but I believe it. Come here, stay here. This is again your parish. This is again, stay there. Uh, and and you, you need to heal. And then there was a time of, hey, you know what? You can go and study in the U.S. And they say, and that's a moment for you to heal. Go over there. No one knows you. Go and be healed. And my bishop said, yeah, go and be healed. So I started, I applied for UD. Pandemic hit. And I stayed there. So it was amazing. Because I saw an alb in Colombia. We don't use uh, the... the um, Cassock. In here, you wear a cassock and the sobrepellis. I, I don't know how to say that in, in English. How do you say that? The cassock and then what's the thing that you put? The in, surplus? The, yeah. Surplus. The surplus? Yes. So you wear a cassock, but not the... No, we, not, just an alb. Okay. So when I saw the alb, I couldn't use it. Wait, why? Because I've, I felt, just felt like all, the whole pain and everything. So the, the pastor said, you don't have to wear it. You don't have to help. Don't worry. Like, take your time. Because at this point, you weren't... I was nothing. I was you weren't not, ordained yet. No, I was not seminary. When I you was came nothing. to UD or when you came to ah, Dallas. No, that's a different story. That's okay. pandemic. Still pandemic. Okay. And I was there. And that process with him was healing, healing, healing. I would, therapy plus spiritual direction every single day. And then ministry. And Dr. Bob Shoots healing the whole person retreat. <laughs> yes. When I came here, I was already ordained. We should be sponsored. I feel like we need yes. to get some sponsorships. Yes. And Sister Miriam. University of Dallas. Uh, have you heard that? <laughs> like, healing the whole person with Dr. Bob Shoots and yeah. Sister Miriam. Everyone should go, I'm, to be honest. Which, yeah. Everyone Did you go on the go. week-long thing or the month-long thing? No, the week. The two week. years. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I was kicked out of seminary. Oh, I thought you meant of the healing the whole person. I'm like, no, no, really, no. Father? I'll give you... I'll give you the- <laughs> I'll give you the whole story in, a, in one minute. Okay. I was kicked out from seminary October the 21st. That's a feast in Colombia because that's our first saint. A year later, um, I was called to, 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 the, um, to the diaconate. I was ordained and I came here to the U.S. as a deacon. Okay. I went to April of that year to the whole, uh, to the whole person healing thing. Healing the whole person, yeah. But that was online. Okay. Still pandemic thing, so ah, it was online. Gotcha. Okay. Again, Dr. Bob um, and Sister Mira and everything. Go again two years later, October 21st. Feast of, of our saint, Santa Laura. Bishop calls me and he, she, and he said, I'm calling you to the priesthood. He, do, he, does, he did not remember that was the same day I was kicked out of the seminary. That day I wept like a baby because that's yeah that's like that's how god ties things yeah you know like with a ribbon i was so much healing uh, in my life and then i was ordained and after two months of being ordained i went to the priest training in tallahassee okay. this was there with sister miriam dr bob and and bart and everything Amazing. The, 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 the way that God healed me or kept healing me to, to be um, healed by the divine physician. It was amazing. Then I started like remembering things or not remembering. God started revealing how he was there 
It was just amazing way. Um, and then uh, the Bishop of Dallas started saying a lot of things. Hey, oh, we want you to stay. We want you to stay. And then after a, a praying moment, he said the wound by the church was made by the bishop. It was only another bishop who needed to heal that. Oh, that day, oh, again, I cry a lot. <laughs> wept like I, a baby. Yes. Hashtag another yeah. uh, wept like a, ba a baby. Yes, I so, do cry a lot. No, hey, that's great. You know what? I read one time St. Ephraim the Syrian. I can't find this quote again, but he said that crying is a sign that God is working in you. And I'm like, good, because I cry a lot. And apparently so do you. Hashtag wept like a baby. Again. So. Yes, because... I think that it's healing because it's, it's the feelings that, that you're there. And I also cry out of joy. Like right. I remember my first mass and I was I was crying and I couldn't. And the, the master sermon was like, you have to read here. And he was just, just pointing. And like, I was like, I know I cannot utter the words. I'm cry about to cry. It's because, you know, it's a lot of emotions. So yeah. the, the, all the healing process of, of the different people here and the church, it's being a healing moment in my life of renewing my priesthood in ways uh, that I can even never imagine. So I felt like home here, meeting a lot of people, meeting your family and all, like a lot of people here in Dallas, the, the church is so alive, the young adult yeah. ministry and everything. It's been a gift. So like going back, he's always there, uh, you know, Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us and and getting to, to remember and to see how God was, with me in all those difficult moments, even though I was a stubborn, even though a lot of things, he was there and he was healing me through all that. Uh, and I know now that, of course, I could have been ordained when I was like 29 and I was ordained the year, when I was 33 years old, the, the, you know? The Jesus year. Jesus, yes. That's right. But I was ordained also a deacon and a priest the year St. Joseph, who's my patron. And then I was ordained both ordinations at three o'clock, our mercy. And then both ordinations were a um, first Friday of the month. And then both ordinations, uh, well, not both, the, the ordination of the priesthood was uh, St. Francis Xavier, who's a missionary. And I've been doing that. I've been going all over, like not the world, but at least the U.S. and everything, to preach the gospel, to, to reach yeah. teens, to help them. But not only to preach uh, because like we say, lay people can do that even better than me, me with my pronunciation and enunciation of the English. By the way, it was two Which weeks. Which is great. Two <laughs> weeks ago, I was, I was, I was in the Life Teen Retreat, John 15 for all the, the, the ministers and everything. And I was too supposed to, to, to lead the mass of the Saturday and it was the gospel of the, of the genealogy of Matthew. Oh, fun. And I was like, <laughs> in this in English, there were four priests. I say, thank you, Jesus. There are four English priests. I don't know, but I'm not going to pronounce those tons of names. So I said, could you imagine me? Like, I will butcher those names. Yeah, but most people butcher them even and in everyone English. That, it doesn't yes. matter. The, the, the priests say the same thing. Don't worry. I'm going to also butcher them and right. no one will notice. So. Yeah, no one will notice. No one, really. So, you just got to do it with confidence when yes, you read something. like you know it. Like you know it. Like you yeah. know it. Like when someone prayed, instead of for the beatification of Pope John Paul, I remember this, one of our, like for the petitions one time, instead of praying for the beatification of Pope John Paul, they prayed for the beautification 
edition of Pope John Paul. I said, great. Just, that's great. I've, Amen, you know, Jesus. Yeah, you never know. So, okay. So guys, this is a part one with Father Geronimo and Bobby is going to be joining him in the next part um, because Bobby's just sitting up there patiently waiting for our two-year-old to, to burst out of her room out of nap time. So he's going to um, interview you in the next episode. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, yeah, we're, I'm not really going anywhere. We'll pretend. We'll just close this. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ciao. Bye.